In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Guys, well, welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. Oh my goodness, for a guy who has Hispanic parents, I do dance like a white boy. So um, that's definitely <laughs> that is that song is hype. That's very oh god. Well, at least I don't sound like Dale. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> what a tune that was. <laughs> Why is it the nineteen twenties? <laughs> I'm like the nasaliest sounding <laughs> white boy, uh, I think, ever on a podcast. Uh, for, before we uh, before we move into all the ridiculousness of our podcast, um, I'm Christian Brito. My name is Jeff. Uh, you can find me at C Brito Fantasy on Twitter. With me tonight is Mr. Dale Demott. What's up, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited for this episode. Welcome to Eat Sleep Fantasy. Did you say our podcast name? No, I'm getting to that. You could find Dale at Dale underscore Fantasy. You could find our podcast on Twitter at Eat Sleep FF. And That's uh, right. basically, we're just uh, we're the we're the other podcast that you listen to, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the guys that bring you fantasy football with a little bit of uh, entertainment with it. Um, hopefully. I mean, we yeah, we think yeah, half the time we think so, but that's just us and our own comedic sensibilities or whatever. No, they might be no, a little. No, you can't say. No, hold on. Like that's what we find funny, and might not necessarily be what the audience finds funny. Right. As yeah, as yeah. we've seen by some of our Twitter polls already. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we are a podcast that, um, you know. Is going down in flames. Po- we're a podcast is going down in flames. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're definitely going down in flames. We're getting sued uh, by <laughs> Fat Joe, um, big time. Um, you know, we do listen to a couple other podcasts, and you might notice as a listener, you know, that we, uh, the podcast, fantasy sports in general, I think, becomes a little bit of an echo chamber, right? I mean, there's basically the same news, just different reaction to it. So all that we're trying to do is kind of bring you a different reaction. Uh, maybe, you know, the numbers are all the same. Anybody can go online and research numbers. Uh, we take the time to do it for you. Uh, so that's a value that we can bring to you. You don't have to go and research everything. We can try to bring a little bit of entertainment with, with some of the numbers and facts that you need for your uh, fantasy weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you what, and no other, other podcasts out there sucking their own dick. Nope, nope. And if anybody else is doing it, they stole it from us. If anyone else is doing it, they need to teach me how to do that. No, you know, the bit. Oh, yeah, that's, that's oh, the drop. oh yeah. okay. All right, so we've got some pretty... This is our, our nerdy episode of the week. We're going to be talking a lot of numbers. So <clears throat> we got to keep it a little bit light as we do it. If not, people might fall asleep if you're not as nerdy as Dale and I am. Um, because we're going to be talking about running back touch numbers. We're going to be talking about targets. Um, and kind of getting an idea of where some of these opportunities are after three weeks in fantasy. Because um, 
at the end of the day, when it comes to fantasy football, opportunity is king. Like you can be the most talented guy in the world, but if you don't get the opportunity, that's irrelevant. So we're going to be talking about opportunities and we just want to clear up some of the news, some of the stuff in case you missed it. So do you want to go ahead and jump right into the news? Yeah, let's do it. News and notes. First piece of news, um, you know, hot off the presses. Um, JJ Watt's season is likely over at this point. NFL's Ian Rappaport's reporting um, that he re-injured his back, could miss the remainder of 2016 season. So, uh, <clears throat> kind of affects the Texans' defense a little bit. Um, kind of, yeah. You know, so they're they're just not they're just not as scary as they are with JJ Watt. They're not as scary, but I actually wouldn't like drop them at least not right now because they're playing the Titans this week, yep. and that kind of goes along with my philosophy. Now, if they do not do well against the Titans, which everyone has so far this year, um, you know, even the Raiders that were at negative points in some leagues did well against them. If if they don't, then you can drop them. But yep. uh, if you play in an IDP league, which we don't we don't do here on this podcast, but if you do, eh, you can probably go ahead and drop JJ Watt now. Yeah, I think so. All right. Next piece of news. Still no update on Des Bryant's knee. Um, Jerry Jones said that there was his words were quote unquote no update. So <laughs> um, Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. Um he was unsure if Brian had had an, an MRI yet on his knee, but could have one. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, after week two and he was targeted a ton in week two. Um, get, being injured uh, last last week is just gonna sucks because you kind of hoping that you know Dak Prescott would be opening it up a little bit and and hitting them down the field a little bit more, but that ain't happening. For those of you that have been waiting for Tyler Eifert this season, um, Marvin Lewis has said that he's close to be coming back for a return, but it's unlikely that he's going to play in week four since it is a Thursday night game for them at home against the Dolphins. So, um, you know, probably one more week for Tyler Eifert. And, uh, you know, sucks because it probably would have been a pretty decent matchup against the Dolphins. But one more week for Eifert, and I think he'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, As far as uh, Jamal Charles, uh, same report we've heard over the first three weeks. Um, Jamal Charles has a quote chance to play in week four. Um, Andy, Andy Reed uh, said this, I think in the preseason, right? So yeah, uh, keep Spencer Ware on your team. Credit to the fantasy doc that said that it could take a little while longer um, as this started to linger into the preseason. Yeah. Um, so that it could take a little bit, a little while longer if that's what was occurring. So, um, you know, there's a possibility he'll make his debut debut this week. I'd be optimistic, but I probably wouldn't play him this week. No, um, no I'm not. I'm not playing until I see a full game. You don't know how they're going to ease into him. I mean, even just the way that they've eased, quote unquote, eased his way back into onto the field. Um, yeah, you're you're waiting to see how he plays. It's a decent matchup against the Steelers. I mean, we just saw kind of you know what Darren I mean, Sproles was able to do, at least in the receiving game. Yeah. For for running backs that catch the ball, and that's definitely Charles's uh, wheelhouse. But you know, if he's right. if he's out there, I, I'd probably still not play him unless you had no no other options. Right. <clears throat> um, in case you missed it, Jeremy Langford is expected to miss four to six weeks. Um, right now, it looks like Jordan Howard is going to be the starter. Yep. How's that feel, Dale? 
sucks <laughs> as a Jordan as a uh, uh, I'm gonna wait till you remember the name <laughs> holy shit uh, <laughs> I'm letting this just sit no 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 uh, Jeremy Langford oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it sucks I'm sorry for not providing any help for you yeah, there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so um, the awakening is real. The uh, Christian Michael awakening. Oh yeah, right. I'm getting I'm getting tired of that phrase everywhere. Yeah. But um, Thomas Rawls looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks with a fibula issue. That doesn't sound like a minor thing, by the way. Even though they no, say, it doesn't. It's a hairline yeah. fracture of his fibula. Like, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. We need to ask the doctor about that later this week, how long he expects him to be out. But that sounds like more than just a little while. Um, yeah. And fibula is pretty important. Yes. It's a great way to put it, Dale. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> um, so <laughs> reports are that Gates was probably um, a little bit more injured with his hamstring than initially expected and is now expected to miss an extended amount of time. Um, at this point, there's a lot of tight ends out there that you could probably pick up, and I would probably go ahead and drop Antonio Gates if you're still holding on to him. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, you know, if you want to take a stab at Hunter Henry, um, you know, if you're a deeper league or something like that. Personally, I think there's other better options. There's Rudolph out there in a lot of leagues. Pitta's out there in a lot of leagues. Jesse James is out there in a lot of leagues. So um, I, I would definitely take those guys over um, as my wife decides to go ahead and just peek in for some reason. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Hunter Henry, I think is a, uh, you know, deep option. Um, if you, if you are desperate, um, I mean, Philip Rivers likes his tight ends, right? I mean, we saw it with Antonio Gates and then with, uh, Darius Green. Yep. And, uh, Hunter Henry, I mean, he had five targets last week. That's nothing to shake your head at. Um, Honestly, I mean, he needs people to throw the ball to, and Hunter Henry, even though he's a rookie, um, will get some opportunities. I've just, if there's any position that's very difficult for rookies, it's tight ends. So I would very much temper my expectations for anything for Hunter Henry. I think his ceiling is capped, but he may have he may have a decent enough floor that you'll be willing to roll him out there for the four or five or six points that he might give you. Yeah, I agree. Um, Shane Vereen. Is out for the 2016 season. Um, you know, right now, um, Darkwa was listed as the backup to Rashad Jennings. Rashad Jennings is expected to play this week. However, there's a little bit of hype that's been coming out that, um, oh, God. No, I'm, Paul Perkins. Uh, yeah, I was about to do it myself right there. That yeah. Paul Perkins. No, but I had it. I had it, okay? Sure you did. I did. I could, I could do this, man. Rashad Jennings, <laughs> Shane Vereen, Orleans Darkwa. Dark Wah, Paul Perkins, and Bobby Rainey, because I know the ridiculousness that is the New York Giants backfield. Yeah, yeah. Even even with one, you know, one running back injured, you think, oh, that could clear it up, but it doesn't at all because there's still mediocre talent, you know, swimming around. So you kind of you kind of hope that um, Paul Perkins can kind of rise to the top here. Uh, especially if Shane Vereen, I mean, I'm sorry, if Rashad Jennings should miss any time. Um, it's looking like Jennings is going to play this week. But I would, yeah. uh, you know, take a little stab at Dark War Perkins in your leagues. I think it's definitely worth a stash because Shane Vereen was definitely getting plenty of touches even, you know, even with uh, Jennings getting the lead. There's too many names, man. 
Yeah, it's too many names. <laughs> it's just way too way too much. I mean, yeah, Perkins. Uh, we won't wait. I guess we won't waste too much time on this. But if you are going to invest four or five weeks in a player, Perkins would be a pretty good investment. I think. Um, don't expect him to break out next week. Not necessarily fantasy related for us, but uh, Mansai Teo has been catfished by his Achilles. I see what you did there. Man, that was a sad story. That was a hilarious story. I f- you feel bad. I don't. I thought it was the most intriguing story. Oh, yeah. No, I spent hours and hours reading about it online. Yeah. That sounds like something you would do. It is. I know. <clears throat> okay. We can move on. Um, And then, for you know, for the hype that was surrounding Eli Rogers, he's got a toe injury. We'll see how that progresses. But I think, uh, and I, you know... I worry that Eli Rogers Valley is probably going to dissipate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Wheaton had some good opportunity, dropped a touchdown. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, even though he had a couple drops last game, I think he's just going to kind of push Eli Rogers out of the way. Uh, Dear NFL.com. Okay. <clears throat> Listen here. All right. This is now the fourth or fifth podcast in the history of our podcast that I'm complaining about your advertising. It's too much. Please stop the autoplays on every single page. I can't look up a player on your website. I'm basic. I'm going to take my service to another league. No, you won't. And they know that. I probably will. Ooh, those are fighting words. We already have our listener league on Fantrax. That's true. Big ups to Fantrax. Fantrax.com. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the news. Um, let's go ahead and get into some of the. Uh, Targets and touches, touching on targets, targeting, touching on, targeting touches, touching on touching, t- touching my target, touching my target. No, none, none of that works. Touching, touching me, say. touching you. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, touches and targets. No, don't. Oh. D- just play the touching me, touching you from <laughs> Sweet Caroline from Neil Diamond. Just put that in. Okay. Thank sure. You. Whatever you say. You're not going to put it, are you? No. Uh, let's talk about some of the targets here uh, for, uh, I guess we got kind of go through weeks. Ba. <laughs> Jesus. That <laughs> probably hurt a lot of people's ears. Um. <laughs> uh. Please put the drop in. Yes. You're not no, gonna put, put it in here now. Put it now. Okay. Do it now. Um, All right, we're back from that drop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically forcing you to either put the drop in. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> or cut all of this. <laughs> we're going to have to cut the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm in a good so mood, man. We're talking about fantasy football on a show that, for some reason, people actually listen to. <laughs> um, let's talk about targeted players here. The most targeted players are week three. I'll, I can kind of quickly break down uh, the targets for week three and maybe look at their averages to see where they're trending and how they're going. Um, looking at week three, for, uh, we'll start off with the wide receivers here. I'll go through the wide receivers and tight ends here. Um, the, top, the top wide receiver you guessed it, is Antonio Brown. He had 18 targets um, after 11 um, for game one, 11 for game two. 
Um, I'm expecting, you know, at least 10 targets a game for the rest of the season, Just, right? He's averaging thir- 13 now, and he's he's probably going to keep that average up. Yep. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, a couple guys, um, I'm just going to note a couple guys that had a lot of targets compared to their first two games, um, and you can kind of input your thoughts on these as I go down the list here. Uh, but Kevin White had seven targets and six targets, and in the last game he had 14 targets, um, th- tied for the second most targets in, the, has, in, uh, in wide receivers uh, week three. Um, yeah. Kevin White, anything important to you? Uh, as the season grows, uh, it's you know he's he's basically a rookie, right? Even though he was yeah, technically right. a rookie last year, he's basically a rookie, and I would expect him to get better as the season progresses. He only caught six of those fourteen targets for sixty-two yards, um, but he's it seems like Brian Hoyer likes him, likes him, and likes uh, likes um, Miller. Yeah. Took me a second. I'm bad with names, so <laughs> for me being bad with names and having a show where all I have to do is talk about names is a little names. Di- a little yeah. bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm doing it off the dome, man. So, <clears throat> you know, Zach Miller and Kevin White got a lot of targets this week, and and we're both pretty productive. Um, you know, I think it speaks speaks yeah. well for him. Maybe a little bit poorly for Alshon Jeffrey for the future, as long as yeah. Brian Hoyer's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I drafted Kevin White, I knew he wasn't going to be an immediate impact kind of guy. Um, I was expecting a three, four, five game investment in him to see what he's doing. Uh, don't give up on Kevin White yet. He hasn't produced the big numbers that maybe you thought the Bears number two would produce, but um, give him a little bit of time. 14 targets is a good sign that he's trending up. Um, the other guy to note is uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Trevor Simeon showed up last week in a big way. Still, had, Trevor Simeon, by the way, still hasn't thrown an interception through three games. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders had 13 targets, uh, beat out his uh, his guy on the other side of the field, Demarius Thomas. Um, your thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders? We kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday on the podcast. Um, are you, you're not taking Sanders over Demarius Thomas yet, are you? I'm not, but they're, um, you know, it's it's getting kind of close. I still think I still think Thomas is the better talent. And even though he has a little bit less targets, um, which was pretty clear in week three, um, I would still rather have Thomas. But, you know, definitely move Thomas down a little bit and Sanders up a little bit. You know, yeah, they're I mean, closer now. Sanders out tar- was out-targeted Thomas every game this season so far. Yep. Uh, and Sanders has 10 more total targets uh, than Thomas. So uh, the trend looks like Sanders is going to be the number one producer there. Um so slowly and slowly, uh, that gap from pre-draft to now is closing big time. Right. If he can keep this up, especially. I mean, you know, the yards are the yards have been there at least for Demarius the past two weeks with ninety yards and a hundred yards in the past two weeks. Um, yep. You know, it's you know if he, I think they're both viable options. Let's remember the first two weeks, even though Sanders got eight targets each, it was only for forty-nine and thirty-nine yards. His first good yardage game came last game. So, um, he's still the, he's still running shorter routes. Demarius is still the bigger play guy. Um, and I would kind of expect the target numbers to be pretty even, um, with Demarius having higher production, but not by much. Right. Uh, one guy to know, uh, here, another guy, um, that kind of just jumped out at me. Uh, Marvin Jones had eight targets last game when he exploded, uh, for the 200 plus yards, um, 
any any thoughts to his target production? He's just fine, right? No matter how I mean, he's going to make plays and he's uh he's a touchdown guy. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> Sorry. He's uh he's been highly targeted the first 2 weeks and only Eight targets, I guess, is what you want to word it as in the third week. Still incredibly productive. Um, the first two weeks, they went for him um, deep and in the end zone several times. It just didn't connect, and that was the difference between week one and two versus week three. Um, and there's, it's just going to be like that. Some weeks he will and won't have those touchdowns, but the targets and, and yardage have been there every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of guys that have been very consistent that you might not, you know, that might not jump out of the page at you. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, um, he had 10, 11, and 12 targets um, through the first three games, averaging uh, 11 targets per game. Um, very consistent, more targets than I thought just by watching the games. Right. And, um, you know, clearly out targeted the first two weeks. The other guys, um, the third week, everybody else was a little bit closer. Uh, with Michael Floyd having 11 and John Brown also having 11. Um, I still, you know, it's starting to look like it's going to be a lot like last year. Yeah, you think so? 33 targets through three weeks, man. Yeah. Like, he's Carson Palmer's number one guy. And yeah. and I think it's it's becoming a little bit clear that Arizona's offense may not exactly be what we thought it could be this year. Um, Palmer seems to have regressed a little bit. Um but I still like Larry Fitzgerald a lot uh, going forward. And he's a guy that, even though his value is a little bit high right now, I would still be willing to buy on him if I could because some people probably won't believe in it and are thinking they're buy- they're selling high when I think it's going to continue to be a pretty good season. Maybe not a top five season like he's having right now, but a pretty good, solid wide receiver, um, like a high-end two for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You want to take a stab on uh, who is the leading targeted receiver on the Baltimore Ravens? Steve Smith. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve I, Smith was, is... I was totally I, You know, for as much <laughs> as I like to suck my own dick, I'm totally wrong here. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you are totally wrong. Um, That's yeah, fine. Steve's... That's fine. That happens, man. I can't be. It does happen. You know? I mean, sometimes, you know, I'm right. You're wrong. Still uh, uh, still better than some other people out here in the fantasy community. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Just want to throw that out there. Um, yeah, no, Steve Smith uh, has just as many targets over three games as Brandon Cooks does. I'm referring to Armando. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Should joke, Armando, calm down. Um, yeah, so uh, Steve Smith targeted just as many times as Brandon Cooks. Of course, Brandon Cooks has a lot more weapons to uh, fight for, uh, fight for the ball. Um, but I thought that was a surprising number there. Um, Steve Smith had 11 targets week three. Um, he's averaging 8.7 uh, targets per game. I imagine it's going to be somewhere between 7 and 8 targets per game on average. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that average goes down a little bit. He had a big game last last game. Um, you know, continuing on with uh, the guys that have the same number as Steve Smith, like, I want to talk about Jordan Matthews because yeah. after week one, he looked amazing um, with 14 targets. Second week with nine targets. Um, you know, coming into week three, he only had, uh, well, in week three, he only had three targets. Um, granted he got one of them for a touchdown. So your fantasy day was okay, but only two catches for 19 yards. Um, how are you feeling if you're a Jordan Matthews owner? Because he looked good first two weeks, 114 yards, first week, 71 yards, second week. 
Yeah, you know, I'm I am a little nervous. Uh, one thing that has going for him is his schedule coming up. Of course, he has a bye week four, uh, so don't start him this week. Um, but I mean, he I guess he got bailed out by a touchdown, right? Um, you know, like you said, 19 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I am I am concerned. I'm trying to trade him. I'm trying to unload him in the league that I have him in. Uh, but if you can't, the schedule is pretty favorable. Um, Detroit and Washington, um, next two games after the bye. So. I'd rather I, – I think I'd keep him. You're not going to get nearly as much – for some reason, um, Jordan Matthews is kind of like this always undervalued guy. Um, he'll be fine. Yeah. And it kind of sucks that Carson Wentz's best game is Jordan Matthews' worse. Yeah. It's a little weird, but that's not – I think he'll still be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Carson Wentz looks like he's, he's decent enough to carry um, – you know, some fantasy production for his wide receiver one. Yeah. And he's another still, guy who hasn't thrown is still no interceptions this year. Three hundred yards for Carson Wentz and two touchdowns. And only seventeen of them went to Jordan Matthews. But he did he did get a touchdown to him, so I guess that saves him, right? Yep. All right. Um next guy. Yeah, I guess that uh you know, I mean that's that, those are the guys who really jumped out to me, um, as far as targets go. Um everybody else you kinda know. I won't you know, uh Torrell Pryor his targets have gone up from 7 to 10 to 14. Uh, that's a good trending direction, uh, averaging 10 targets a game so far through three games. Uh, he's worth a pickup if he's still on your waiver wire. Um, there's one more guy I want to talk about before. Sure. Who's that? Are you worried at all about Julio Jones? Most targeted guy last year, um, and his targets for this year, 8, 5, and 7. Only one yeah. catch in the Monday night game. Worried? Yeah, you know the, the Monday night game had me a little worried. I mean, he should have done something against a, that New Orleans defense for sure. Yeah, I am worried. Uh, this morning I have him in the league, and this morning I went out and sent out multiple trades, um, trying to get you know anything of value for him. Um, not, I haven't gotten anything back yet, but I think everybody else got a little bit of, uh, scared, um, gun shy, as well. Yeah, you think it had anything to do with kind of like the game flow where Devonta Freeman and Seven Coleman just went off? Just took over. Yeah, yeah I mean, the did. running backs combined for almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. <clears throat> Julio was still the highest targeted guy, right? Um, Matt Ryan seemed like he just wanted to spread the ball around, keep it safe. The running game was very effective. The Saints probably seemed like they were trying to hone in on Julio um, with Freeman being the next highest targeted guy uh, with five catches on the day. So, um I don't know. Yeah, I'll, ch- I mean, I'll chalk this up to one of just one of those games. Yeah, I mean, you got to believe in Julio Jones, right? As as long as is which is it, Dale? Which is it? Are you selling or do you believe in him? I, I am kind of wishy washy, aren't I? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I still believe. Look, you're you're not going to sell him high, and you're you don't want to give him up. So you got to keep him on your team. I guess is is the moral of the story. I mean, Mohamed Sanu, he only had four targets compared to Julio Jones, seven. Yeah. So it's not like Jones is the forgotten guy all of a sudden. He just wasn't getting the ball. I don't really nobody nobody on that offense was, receivers-wise. Yep. All right, so let's move on to uh, – you want to do running backs or tight ends here? Uh, let's do some tight ends. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do some tight end target numbers. Um, again, those little – Immature laughs on other podcasts, are you? Uh, you want to take a guess who the most targeted tight end of the week was for week three? Of the week? Uh, yeah. Was it my boy? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. My boy was second. Um, number one was Fleener. Yeah. Fleener Wiener. 
Uh, yeah, Fleener had uh, 11 targets, um, kind of stepping it up. He had four in week one, eight in week two, and 11 in week three. So they're they're getting him more and more involved every week. Um, I was not a Fleener believer. Um, that was not intended, by the way, that little rhyme. Um, oh, you know what? I almost forgot, Theo. <laughs> you thought I was going to forget, didn't you? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wrap some at the end of the episode. How about that? All right. All right, so Dale is going to be presenting his own little rap, um, straight off the dome freestyle. Straight, straight off the, the dome at the end of the at the end of the pod. Um, if you want to fast forward to that part and then come back, I don't blame you. <clears throat> so I'll give you a second to do that. <laughs> Welcome back. I know that was awful. <laughs> um, so go, going back to the tight end targets, um, that was like time travel right now. Yeah, it's yeah. cool, right? Like I didn't even yeah. hear it, but I know it's gonna be bad. Or people just fast forwarded and episode ended, and they just shut us off, and so this is all pointless. So thanks for doing that to our podcast, ruining it once again. No, but um, think about it, man. Like they fast forwarded, and then they came back in time. <laughs> they had to go eighty-eight miles an hour, right? So <laughs> there's three guys that are pretty consistent with their targets. Uh, Greg Olson, um, he's averaging nine targets a game. Kyle Rudolph is averaging 8.7 uh, targets per game. And uh, Kobe Fleener is is kind of right up there. I mean, he had a bad week one, but his his numbers um, are showing us that maybe he can be that tight end one 